and welcome to this week's episode of Can You Get A Real Job Podcast. This week's guest is Scottish comedian and actor Raymond Mearns. Raymond, welcome to the show. Raymond, thanks for joining us here on the When You Get A Real Job Podcast. The first question that we're going to ask everybody, how have you found the last few months and what have you been up to? Well, fuck all, basically. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> it's never bothered me. I basically became a comedian because I wanted to sit in my whole day and do nothing. So, there's not, not really been any change. Just uh, my, my lifestyle has not altered one iota, apart from the fact is I've got fuck all money-wise. <laughs> so, I'm just a layabout with less money it's no it's no bother being a slightest you see I'm a comedian and I became a comedian because I hate people so they bother me social distancing fucking fart when I like nobody gets too close no bother <laughs> be your earliest memories then the creative me? arts but, but the earliest memories <laughs> of, of well, you of, 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 of wanting to perform if you like were you, were you a wind up at school no I was actually actually see I I'm, I don't know if you've seen much of my comedy, Stuart, but it's more like yeah. a kind of a weird stream of consciousness thing. And it's really, my professional career as a comic is an extension from my tendency from when I was at school of being a lying bastard. So, <laughs> what basically, I'm just, I used to talk pish all day in school. So, <laughs> I, I, don't, I think you just, the best you practice something, you better you get at it. It's good to say, we're working to your strengths, big man. Yeah, absolutely, I'm 52 years old now. Oh, talking bollocks for years. I remember getting a report card at school and it said, Raymond dreams a lot. So I must have just been sitting there in the class. And I do remember it. I do have a recollection of just staring at the window, wanting to be somewhere else, anywhere but there. Right. And But I think I was kind of on the spectrum or something in the days because I always felt very dissociated for life just generally and kind of being at school. I remember teachers going mental because they wanted me to do stuff like, you know, homework and all that. And I remember I used to stare at them and go, what the fuck's this going to do with me? Why are you hassling me, you crackpot? <laughs> and it's genuine. And, and I just... I just didn't get it. I was very, I, I wasn't tuned in. It's as if I kind of was uh, just observing life. I didn't feel part of it. I just uh, I felt like I'd been, I don't know, fucking just planted in the middle of this thing and it mystified me. And, I, and you know, weirdly enough, it still does. I don't think it's ever changed. So on the school, Ted, Raymond, was there anything that you enjoyed about school? Was there like English or any academics or did you get involved with drama or did anything well, at all? Well, it's, it's as you say, well, I, mean, I mean, I went to university. Right, I mean, I've got a university degree because the only reason I did it is because I just thought I might get a better job. The one thing I do remember that I thought was the most awesome thing was we did have a drama teacher and she got us to do this, just these improvisations. Imagine you're on a train or something and the three years are on a train and just make something up. And I remember we made something up about me and a sort of wee guy in the class, we were on the train and there's another guy. We're in, remember the old carriages? You might not remember this, Duffy, he's only 14 or something. But he, <laughs> he, he used to have just six seats in a carriage. I don't know if that was first class at the time. The six is in this carriage. So there's three is in this six-seat carriage. Me and a sort of wee guy, there's, looking at this sort of wee guy, and he's got a bag. We want to know what's in the bag. So we basically, being nosy bastards, we... Just made up this wee bit where we says, was in the bag, my man? And tried to bust his hump and he wouldn't let us see what was in the bag. So we fucked him off the train and stole the bag. 
<laughs> now, to this day, I don't remember what was in the bag. I got to be honest, because it was just the, the 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 ability to just be anything you wanted to be, and just being an evil nosy bag snatcher. Because I don't know if I've lost the plot here, but Raymond, was that at your drama at school? That drama Did that actually happen? Right. Did you so, just beat somebody no, up? No, 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 that's just, no, 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 it was definitely happening in drama. And I remember at the time thinking, this is the only time, I, this is genuine, this is the only time in my you know, entire life at school where I just never felt more present and alive. And this is genuine, right? I really mean this. Also thought, I'm the greatest fucking actor the world has ever seen. And, and, <laughs> and Duffy will know this. You need a certain amount of fucking self-delusion to even go on stage. Raymond, <laughs> I remember the first night we met, man, and it was at Club 520, you were doing a wee show, and then we went up to do Suspicious Minds by Elvis. Uh-huh. And as we sitting away, playing away, and I just remember you go, that big man, get a talented musician, but watch, I'm a performer. And I was just crying for you. Oh, mate, it was brilliant. <laughs> <laughs> it was just so funny. It's like, oh, you in the back play that guitar, but watch this. Woof. Uh, oh, oh, do you know what? I love it. I, I've got, I've got, I'm not a great singer, but I think my pitch is decent. I think I have decent. It's delivery, pitch. brother. Delivery. Is it delivery? Is it? delivery. You've got that yeah, delivery. I should have been a fucking postman. I had no idea. There you go. <laughs> If you've got a decent pitch, you should have been a footballer. (laughs) (laughs) So so moving on, just on that, uh, when when did you write your first joke? Can you remember it? Well, I've never written a joke in my life. I've never actually written a joke. What my my comedy is, is a stream of consciousness and is a matter like a confessional, observational kind of stream of consciousness about my life, really. So something will happen in my life, some bizarre thing, which which may, may be quite mundane, but I think it's fucking bizarre. <laughs> and then I'll talk about it. So, but I remember the first time I ever, I, I remember we used to be a thing in Glasgow called Mayfest, which was the, 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 the council. Every a few days, every May, they would pay maniacs to go to community centres and do things artistically. And they gave us money to do a tour of... <laughs> I know, community centres and we'd go and get mauled and milked and all that and fucking <laughs> buggered in Berlin. So, and I remember doing this story. At, at the time, my son, uh, he was constipated when he was a kid and had to go for an enema. And I had no idea. My, my wife came back and she talked about this. My wife at the time, she talked about it and she says he had an enema. And I was fucking, I mean, it's it's comedy gold anyway because it's straight away, it's scatological and up the arse. <laughs> <laughs> and as much comedy fertilizer as you need. So I just stood and I don't even recall, apart from seeing the other performers who were astonished that I'd done 45 minutes. I was only meant to do about 20 minutes. I did 45 minutes. And I just told this story about going to the doctor as if I was constipated and needed the old wire brush and dental up the shite pipe. Right. <laughs> I just told this story for 45 minutes. And it was fucking people all over the place. I never told it again. I just, it was one of the things where 
I don't know, maybe been doing comedy about, been about six months. Just picked a random event from your life and then just told it and then people are rolling yeah. about the flare. Well, but it wasn't even real. It never happened to me. I mean, I, <laughs> I, I, I'm sure it happened to somebody else again. I mean, I was just astonished that doctors are paid to go up and, <laughs> you know, and like lay a fucking chimney sweep for a plumber. Right? <laughs> right? right? Sort of fire in the hole. He would go, Mr. Manson, with a spaceship going fucking. I just, I thought that was bizarre. I just thought it, it's an up the arse joke, which is all comedy is. I fucking up the arse joke. <laughs> so, and it was a 45 minute up the arse joke. Yeah. And yeah, I know, it's, I don't so, know. So, I was so, channeling, I think, I don't know. So, was that your uh, first performance, Raymond? Or, no, I've been going about six months. I've been going about six months. Right. First time I ever did comedy or attempted to do what. Some people may say appro- approximates comedy. It was, do you remember the Bonkers Show Bar, which was in Hope Street? Yes. Well, they had this <clears throat> Ben Gunn's search for a comedy star. Remember old Ben Gunn? He's fucking dead now. He got his motor stall the first day and he hadn't even assured it yet. It was a Salika. Somebody knocked it and crashed it. That was fucking great. Anyway, <laughs> he, he was still bailing about that because 20 grand was a lot. This was about nine, 1991, was it? Late 91, maybe. Because I really started in 94, but I dabbled. You know, you dabble. You know that, like, hmm. you fanny, you dabble. I went on stage in this place. <laughs> and uh, I had, I, I, I was working at the time, and I had a, a shirt and tie that on. So I thought, I look like a bit of a fucking tramp. So I t- put the shirt tail hanging out and made the tie a bit wonky, went on and told a load of fucking stupid old Hector Nickel jokes and stuff like that. And that was my first attempt. I don't remember anybody laughing. Oh, I remember I was laughing. I thought it was fucking hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> but, and I remember Robert C. Kelly, the impresario, who I, I spoke to him subsequently, and he had this... Incredible, super silly, so he was, and I said, so how, how did we get on, uh, Mr. Did you find the stuff? And he said, well, the problem is there's just not the talent out there, dear boy. You know, we, we couldn't find any fucking stars, clearly. Because Scottish comedy skies a wee bit cloudy. <laughs> Something like that. <laughs> fucking pompous prick. A lot of cheers, anyway. mate. So I hung the phone up on him, which was pointless because I was in the arsehole's office at the time. <laughs> That's a left turn. You see what I did there? I said something, then said something completely different. Anyway. You, you said something there, Raymond, that you were, before you did that first performance, you were working at something. What was it you, when you had a real job before you became a, a comedian, what was your real job? Well, I was a, a technical administrator, a document controller on oil industry project. Right. I've got a degree in business studies, that's economics, accountancy, computer science and that. Right. And I worked on a project team that took an oil refinery for 670,000 to 1.5 million barrels a day. The right. refinery took Grangemouth, so I worked on that project. Quite a change then. Was yeah, that one working, that is, I don't was... like working. You know, <laughs> oh, what if you brother? You, know, you have to kind of get up in the morning and go to the same place every day. That does my brain in. So how long were you doing that before you, you, you went into the comedy act? And when you were at the work, were you winding well, everybody up? Well, funny enough, I actually, I, I was born with a heart defect. And what happened was I had to get that operated on in 1994, in late 1993. I had open heart surgery. I was 25 at the time. I was 26. I had my 26th birthday in the hospital. So they operated on the 26th of November, 1993. And I kind of had to leave a job because it's a six-month recovery time. 
And uh, it was one of these fucking bullshit things. I thought, I'll, if I kind of get through this, I'll go and do the comedy full time. And that was the idea. And four weeks after I came out of the hospital, I went and did a gig and... It was. It went really well. Four weeks at the hospital, then six weeks at the hospital, back on the drinking mad bit. So, Raymond, at this point, uh, we normally ask our guest to either recite a poem or play a song, sing a song, or uh, tell a funny story. Is there something that you could either play on the, the guitar? Because Duffy's uh, told us that you're a bit of a, a musician. She would never say. We've uh, talked about uh, your career, obviously. You were in the oil and gas sector. You then moved in 93 on to becoming a comedian. You enjoyed it that much that you stayed there. What, uh, from your comedy career, what's been the highlight to date? Oh, well, I've made loads of films and I did Lemmy's show and made, done a lot of, sort of TV over the years. 
and travelled to other shops on cruise ships for a while. Um, did a cheese strings advert that paid crazy money and they shot that in Prague for five days in 2009. I remember going to see the Czech Republic play Northern Ireland in a, what about you, was that 2009? So it would have been a World Cup qualifier for the 2010 World Cup because I was fed up drinking and I found that they sell mulled wine and lager at the games. Ended up fishing again. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, I don't know if I remember there being highlights. You just get, it's, it's, I think it's all, Good opportunities. Like, it's a journey, almost. It's like, I kind of live in the moment. That's the only thing that kind of I do artistically. I think you absolutely are present and clear and totally in the moment. And anything you've ever done is, you try and do your best. You come off stage and go, mm, maybe you weren't happy. And you, before you go and you say, I want you to do my best. And when you come off, you go, I could always have done better and all that. I don't, I don't know. It's it's kind of weird. I've had some amazing jobs. What was what always amazed me, I suppose, was that since I gave up my jobs, I had jobs until, so I started in 94, but it took me a wee while to get pro. I went pro. I gave up my job when I was 35. This was in 2003. Ever since then, I'd pretty much been a professional comic, apart from in the last five or six months where there's fucking, nobody's got a coin and there's no gigs going on. It's just been one constant, I don't know, always been working, always been somewhere, always doing something, playing in clubs, doing tours, doing the fringe. I love doing the fringe every year. I mean, they cancelled the fringe. That was a ball ache. Absolutely. There's loads of highlights. From a, a comedy perspective, have you got a, a comedy hero or a. Billy Conley, innit? He's the oh. guy who. You hear him and you go, he fucking get my accent. He's <laughs> talking about stuff I know about. How's that possible? I remember hearing him in the 70s when he, put, he had these records out and, you know, our family had them. And you'd play them and the crucifixion and all that and that <laughs> stuff about the jobby weaker and all that. And it just fucking blew my mind. Here's a guy who talks exactly like us, who's just doing this. And you never think when you're, I don't know, eight, nine, that you could do this for a living. You don't think oh. it's real. You, you kind of like, you know, I remember you used to listen to the Pink Floyd record, Brick in the Wall. And when David Gilmer does that guitar solo. I always imagined myself, I wanted to be a great guitar player, but too fucking lazy. I can't even bother practicing. <laughs> so I've got, I've got a tiny bit of talent as a guitar player. But if I'd have practiced for the last 20 years instead of sitting in my hole talking shite, I might have been pretty good. But I never, I never had that motivation. But I always knew I wanted to perform when I was young. I never thought it was going to be comedy. I actually thought I was going to be a musician. But then I started a band and did music and fuck me, man. The people were laughing that much. I thought I might as well just go solo. <laughs> and I'm, I'm hardly what you would call classically handsome. And I thought, I want to be an actor. You know, anybody that looks like this to say, I want to be an actor, there's clearly something wrong with them. But that's what I did. I but you've did done it, it, brother. Despite my obvious shortcomings and lack of whatever. And this is what interests me. People say, oh, how do you do this? You know what? You just fucking do it. You go and you might just get somewhere. And you know what? Occasionally you might make a right rip roaring arse yourself. You, and people go, his head's full of broken bottles. He's he's a, a loon ball and a mental case. And oh, I'll be out and play tig with the buses. That's all you ever get. Dad, I'm going to be an actor. Oh, fucking no in my house. Get That's that. Job. When you're getting a real job. I know. <laughs> and why... Why would you not live your life the way you kind of pretty much want it? That's, that was always my view. Me you too, know. brother. That's I mean, thing for me. It's always been music. I've always... Mm. I remember being a wee guy and um, uh, my mum and dad's family friend had a guitar in the corner. 
And any time I was in that room, I couldn't, you, I couldn't tell you anything else that was in that room, but I could tell you where that guitar was and I could tell you that I was yeah. looking at it every time I saw it. And that's how I knew. You know what I mean? Every time I saw it, and it didn't matter what, in what circumstance, I just knew that in some way I was going to have to be involved in music because, yeah. and also as well as you say at school, there was nothing else going on that I wanted to do anyway. Well, for me, for me, I think it must be the phallic significance of the guitar or something. <laughs> it's a deep sexual need. I mean, I think the, the, the Fender Stratocaster, one of the most amazing things that's ever been invented, right? It was Leo Fender's anniversary the other day. It's pure fucking anniversary of what? He's dead. Leo, Leo. He made a guitar at his wedding anniversary. Death dying. <laughs> Right, okay, I did realise. Right, so anyway. But I, I just wanted to play the guitar. This is, for me, it was always this, because I was always so kind of quiet and kind of timid and closed off. I always, I suppose what it is, you, you just want to be noticed. You, you just, because you feel so insignificant. It's just it's so insignificant and you kind of go, I need to kind of be somebody and up there and rock stars and actors and comedians and these people, they're front and centre. And I go, I want to, and I thought I was going to be a guitar player in the spot. I'd be Davy Gilmer or Clapton and fucking except I play the guitar like as if it's a glue sniffer's banjo. <laughs> you mentioned Billy Connolly there. I mean, his ability to observe something and to just memorise that situation it was just tremendous. I watched a, a, a documentary with him getting interviewed and he said that uh, he never, like you, never wrote anything down as a joke. He just had that image and he just talked about that image. That, that uh, you kind of recreate it. He does it better than anybody on the planet. Yeah. And it's already in there. It's already part of you. You would just get, you know, your synapses are all banging about in the head and the, you're making connections in your mind. And you're just talking about something and you're creating an emotional connection in that moment with your audience. Yeah. I, I remember him telling the story, being that the, he was a welder in the shipyard, and he tells the story about needing a, a number two, and he said that he went along to the toilets, and he says in those days it was just a trough and you sat in the side of a blank of wood, and he said, and as an apprentice you wouldn't know what the guys were up, and he says at the far end some smart arse is lighting a match and putting a bit of toilet roll, floating it down the thing, and it just burns your arse, and you're like, oh, who the... That, that's his talent, is to completely transport you into that you're in that lavy with him you're, you're, no you're there with him you're feeling what he's feeling and he's recreating all that emotion all his feelings and he's telling you exactly what was happening there and that's what he does brilliantly and great storytellers do that they, they, they paint this beautiful picture in your mind and that's what Connolly does better than anybody on the planet what would be your lowest point then Raymond sometimes you die in your hole it's a it's a it's a occupational hazard and sometimes you die in your hole on a cruise ship, which is a terrible thing. <laughs> Can't you go anywhere? <laughs> I know. If I die in my hole in a, in a theatre or a comedy gig, then fine. I just should have made a right rip road and arse of myself. And then I, and I go into my car and go and comfort eating the white hay. Escaped. <laughs> 
<laughs> and then got him a bed. Some, if you die in a hole on a cruise ship, oh, that's bad because they can get to you. You have, you have to end up fucking coming out and eating, foraging for food like a fox at four in the morning. Um, <laughs> Where do you get your motivation to come back from that? You know, when, if, if you, you have you go, died... You, you, do? you jump off a fucking bridge. <laughs> you going to do? I mean, life is about peaks and troughs. I mean, and, and it's, a lot of people don't talk about this. It used to be called character. Somebody's got character. I mean, for fuck's sake, nobody died. All you did was you made an absolute arse of yourself. <laughs> and the good thing is, by the way, when you die as a comedian, nobody comes near you. That's a good thing. But they tend to <laughs> the other room and go, oh, pal, you're the worst fucking comedian I've ever seen. <laughs> But nobody comes near you because they don't want infected by your pit. So, I think that's probably a good thing. You, you come back for it because it's like anything. What do you do? You, 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 you fall off a horse, you go back on a horse. The greatest skaters fell on their ass the many times. You know, you crash your motor, you're going to stop driving. You know what I mean? You're up your motor, run a pole, you go, I better not drink super lager again when I'm driving. <laughs> <laughs> What, what do you do? I mean, to me, people have this thought process, which to me is incredibly self-defeating and is a very, very dangerous narrative. How do you do? You know what? You get up off your arse, you stick a ramrod up your fucking jacksie and you crack on. Dust so, yourself down and start again, big man. Dust yourself down and start again. No, there is nothing else. Aye, fucking Dennis, shut the door, take a volume and set a hoose in fire. What the fuck are you going to do? You mad bastard. <laughs> I, I, I have an issue with this. See if people kind of go, oh, I've done this and this happened, so I've never done it again. Oh, the problem is the world's full of people like this, but I can't say that because anyway, I'm just a fucking bully and a harasser. Oh, but I'm no feeling it. I'm no feeling it. I feel, fuck you. They just better do it anyway. Something <laughs> that really irritates me is people say, oh, I'm just waiting for the right time. Well, I'll tell you something. Comedy clubs, the, the show starts at 8.30. If you're no in the mood until fucking 20 past 11, then you've missed the show, you ball bag. Time waits for no man either get off your ass and there or shut the fuck up don't, just don't go to the party it's, it's all about fear and people let their fear overwhelm them and to the point where they become moribund they kill themselves through fear and fright oh I was going to be this and going to be that you meet all these mental cases they're having a drink oh I'm a better singer than this guy oh I'm a better player than him you probably, you probably get a lot Duffy because I get a lot people go I'm funnier than you is that right you prick well I'll be 500 quid in my poker up on the stage and let's see what you're made of oh no I've seen a minute in fact <clears throat> very interesting story it was a guy not interesting story it was a funny one he uh, was in the woods the guy comes up to me and he's like ah, in, in, the woods? Woods? <laughs> in, the, in, in the middle of it well it's actually called the woods <laughs> I was in, in the woods <laughs> <laughs> that's some heckle he's fully dead in the woods <laughs> big and man's he, gone for a shite I'll catch him in the act <laughs> <laughs> this guy just comes right up to me and he's like ah, I'm a professional musician mate is there any chance I could have a shot and I was like it's a Saturday night and you're a professional musician Where's your gig? I said, oh, I don't date anymore. I used to date back in the day. And I was like, right, cool. What age was the guy? 24? He was younger than me, man. That's oh, what I, was I, don't, I used to date back in the day. Who are you, Benjamin fucking Button? <laughs> <laughs> I know. But that's it. You just leave them. To, I mean, the amount of times that people who come up and, my mate, my mate's a brilliant guitarist. I think he's a bit better than you. And I don't yeah, even understand where these... watch him then. Exactly. <laughs> I don't understand where these comments are coming from or what they're meant to mean to me. You're like, oh, brilliant, excellent. Get him out. Uh, get them. <laughs> so, so, I, I, so that's that. I don't know. I, maybe I went after a tangent. I that you've 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 only got one life to live. Fuck's sake, just live it. 
bad things are going to happen in your life. Bad things, and unfortunately, some people let it define them. Yeah. You know, and uh, well, do you see yourself as being successful then? Successful in so far as making a living, doing something you do for nothing. Oh, I, I know guys that are successful. For Frankie, Kevin Bridges, people like Greg McHugh. To become a millionaire, that'd be amazing. But that's that's what most people see as success. <laughs> so I remember because you do gigs and you go, do you know, real comedians, and I go, what are you talking about? She's people that have been on the telly, and I go, all right, no bother. People think that that, and I can understand why that's the definition of what really successful means. Being yeah. a panel member on an eight out of ten cats. No, you know what? That to to be that's how we're relevant in yeah. this day and age. Now, which some people have done, they've circumvented television and become YouTube stars and social media influencers and all that. that that's that's success in that you're out there in your front and centre. So from that standpoint, no, no, no really. But to make a living at it and to make a good living is to me a pretty amazing thing. That I've, I've been successful at that, Brilliant. but no more than that. Just same as myself, mate. You know what I mean? It's like I'm, am I an uh, international, well-known rock star? No, man. But I've managed to make a living, make a lot of contacts, and keep my family, and I do something that I love. Yeah, and I know up in sex charges. So there you go. <laughs> <laughs> so, so moving on from that. Uh, Raymond, who just think the, the the three main people that have inspired you throughout your life are? Oh, my mother. My my mother. She was she was a she was the sort of person who go do what you want. Your world's your oyster. Go and you live your life and do your thing. And don't let anybody tell you otherwise. Don't let them bother you. So my my mother was probably the single biggest motivator. Would and you say that that's a possibly the best bit of advice you've been given then along with just to kind of just do your own thing and to keep going and pushing forward do your thing live live your life you the the, the life you kind of want pretty much but i've kind of imparted that to my, my kids as well my my son mikey he just wants to be a radio dj that's all he wants to be Good. And I think that's amazing. He's on his journey as well. But my, my mother put that in it. Just do, just do your own thing. Do what really you want to do and what makes you happy. I think that's important. Absolutely. I think it's important to maybe make, make, make sure that you've got a, a focus on what it is that you want to do. A lot of folk don't have that. I, my focus is kind of make money do something you love instead yep. of making money doing something you hate. Absolutely. I mean, I used yeah. to kind of work and all that, and I just go, I'm fucking going to take a flame floor to this place, man. <laughs> it, yeah. Man, you know, but you ever tried to buy a flame, flame floor on Gumtree? <laughs> <laughs> I just ended up kind of turning up to work one day with a you know, petrol filled super soaker and a box of swan breakfast. <laughs> <laughs> You've thrown me completely on that one. <laughs> <laughs> Can we go? What's the uh, that you'd said about your mother? Uh, and we had Peter Martin on the other day. He was we'd, we'd asked him the same same question, uh, Raymond. And he said when he was driving past the STV studios, he turned to his mother when he was a youngster and he pointed over and he said, "I'm going to work there some point." And he said it was only six or seven. And he remembered being able to yeah, drive. Yeah, he would get a job as a windy cleaner. The kind. <laughs> <laughs> That was it, absolutely. So it became the clear. <laughs> no, that's, that's the focus. Yes, absolutely. absolutely. So, so important. So, Raymond, at the moment, you were sort of saying that you're not doing too much work. Are you working on any projects at all at the moment? Or? I'm shooting a mad funnel at the camp season next week. On and location? It's kind of a, no, it's, a kind of, it's me and another wee guy, just a two hander. And Oof. the idea that they, 
I, I play, I'm taking the boy out. Two years ago, up to his spread, Mad As Ashes, the character Mad As died. And then, but, but the boy thinks I'm a complete ball bag. You know, it's this father-son thing. As the directors, it's his kind of baby, you know, he's, He's clearly wanting to explore all this father-son thing. He's quite a young fella who's a director, and he's obviously seen me. Did I? I think I auditioned or applied to the. I don't. In fact, I don't remember if I did audition. They went, "Oh, well, have you?" Because he clearly sees something in me when he goes, "Ah, he's a knob just like my dad." <laughs> so we'll have him. <laughs> <laughs> we we start shooting. In fact, what day is it? It's Tuesday. We start shooting on Thursday morning, and we'll be shooting for four days. And I had to fucking learn to go a bike again. I've not been on a bike for years but they got me this electric bike out your Billy Bowslands which they've hired <laughs> two and a half grand bike that I'm going to be running about the camps he's on <laughs> by the way boys draped in lycra oh, <laughs> oh. superb is it going to be a right video nasty <laughs> you're going to have to watch your pop bag then uh, <laughs> that, I've just got and I've got a break in the news programme today, that, that BBC radio thing, which we do, that's coming up the following week. And then hopefully just to get... Back to I, I, nothing's going to happen this year. No. Hopefully get back to work next year. But I've actually, I took a day job. I'm actually at the minute working up in Hermeyer's Hospital in East Kilbride, dishing out the PPE mm. to all the doctors and dentists and opticians in Lanarkshire. That's what I do. So what's the name of the, the, the movie that you're sitting around? What's it called? It's, the working title is called Campsies. It's only got a working title at the moment. I don't know what it's called. Because I see the script and it's a shite name for a movie. I think it's a working title. And is that going to be released, is it? No, no. It's, it's this guy. This guy's in film school and it says graduation short. Right, okay. But you get paid for these, they're pretty awesome actually. The final thing I'd like to ask you, Raymond, is uh, what advice would you give to anyone that's thinking about becoming a comedian? What advice could you pass on to someone? Be funny, be funny. <laughs> Just Please. be funny. That's all. Be funny. And see, when you're not funny, don't let them know. You don't uh, think you're funny. Still don't be stop. funny. You're all ball back. Just go. <laughs> when you come off, just go, not my fault you don't get it. What's wrong with you people? Just be Perfect. funny. And don't let anybody, and people will say this, don't let this define you. Just people say, you're no funny, you're no this, you're too fat, you fucking... Yeah, nose like a bag of hammers, you've got cock eyes, you're too fat, you've got one leg shorter than the other. People will tell you a million things. You see, you want to do your thing, do your thing. And when I was like a guy, once we'd spoken in a previous uh, podcast, so a guy comes up to me and he's like, big man, see if you weren't just as fat, you'd be famous. <laughs> <laughs> Raymond, thanks very much for joining us on the, the When You're Gonna Get a Real Job podcast. It's been fantastic. Your answers have been brilliant. You've made us laugh. It's well, thank you. Lovely to be here. And if, if, if anybody can take anything from anything I've said and go on and be <laughs> successful, then I absolutely need to write a disclaimer here. It's fuck all day with me. I want 10%. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want it. That's fine. You love your life. It's fine. I'll go out in the hospital radio, so they'll all be well versed. <laughs> hospital radio? What? <laughs> I've been swearing. <laughs> Brilliant. Should we do it again? Say <laughs> 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 Thanks very much, man. Cheers. Hey,